It's your host with the most, NKB420, A-K-A, Fatboy420, A-K-A, Tell Me Velveteen Ain't Do It, and I'm right beside me is the Dot Man 211, A-K-A, Dot Man 211. You are now listening to Hayes, Hops, and Turnbuckles. Today, in the background, we are watching WWE Extreme Rules 2012. Mind you, this is back when WWE Extreme Rules was actually extreme. Yeah, the, the, the pay-per-view lived up to the name. Yeah, there were uh, plenty of matches. Every match had a stipulation uh, revolving around it. And that, that's what definitely made Extreme Rules. Uh, I don't I don't know what's going on with this new logo, but I still think it's, it looks like Mae Young Classic. And they deemed it the horror show. So we'll see what happens uh, in the next few weeks when it comes to Extreme Rules. Hey, Don Man, how was your week? Uh, quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had a four-day weekend. Uh, you know, a lot of wrestling to watch. And, you know, just chilled out a little bit. You know, uh, how about you? Uh, well, I'm I'm going. I went on thirteen work thirteen day work week. <laughs> <laughs> I had just enough time to come do the podcast last week, and I was back out on the road. But the fourth's coming up, so it's a good reason to be off. For sure, you know. And with more time, we give you more shows. But you know, we got to work with what we have at the moment until you know we get to the to the point where. We were able to produce more content, but bear with us. We now in week number three, episode three. Uh, what you drinking? Oh, right now what I'm sipping on is from the Star Hill uh, Star Hill Brewery. Uh, it's Pixie Pineapple Gose or Goose or whatever have you. It's uh, 4.7 percent alcohol, and it's pretty delicious. I thought it was gonna taste like pine trees, but I'm enjoying it all. <laughs> NKB, what are you smoking on? I am smoking on wax, chocolate chip cookie weed, and moon rock wrapped in a Dutch Palma, and it is excellent. So, if 420 goes silent and I continue the show, you know why. <laughs> yeah. And I'm joining up with my brother today, and I'm sipping a Corona Light. Yeah, I hate the fact I can't indulge, but got to do what I got to do. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, once again, we said it's week number three. Uh, we're going to give you a quick run a rundown of the results when it comes to uh, this week's content. We'll start off with Raw Championship Monday. Uh, Street Profits defeated the Viking Raiders to retain their Raw Tag Team titles. Akira Tozawa beats R-Truth to uh, win the 24-7-7-11. Uh, Mark. Sheets, Z Bart, uh, Walmart, Kmart, <coughs> Target, uh, <laughs> Nova Scotian television title. Asuka, oh, Asuka. <laughs> Asuka defeats Charlotte Flair to retain her Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Natalia, she defeats Liv Morgan with Sharpshooter. Bailey and Sasha defeat the Iconics, retaining the Women's Tag Team titles. Apollo Crews defeats Shelton Benjamin, retaining the U.S. title. And, uh, that ends that show. We're going to move on to SmackDown, which was 
Uh, pretty much, if I didn't know The Undertaker retired, I would have thought that the man died because that's how it felt. That's how it felt with the SmackDown show. Uh, rundown on the quick results: Nicole Cross defeats Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke for a uh, number one contender spot for the SmackDown Women's Championship. New Day and Lucha House Party defeat The Miz, Morrison, Nakamura, and Cesaro. Jeff Hardy defeats King Corbin, and the rest of it was basically a homage to The Undertaker uh, giving a tribute for his retirement. Uh, moving on uh, to what, in our opinion, well, I say my opinion, is still the best show of the week, uh, NXT. Cameron Grimes defeats Damian Priest. Santos Escobar defeats Jake Atlas. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeat Kaden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Karrion Cross defeats Bronson Reed. Rhea Ripley defeats Aaliyah. Dexter Loomis defeats Roderick Strong. And Keith Lee defeats Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor to retain the title. And that's basically a rundown for this week in WWE. So I guess we'll start back up with Raw in uh you know, we'll 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 talk about you know what happened on there uh, at the beginning of the show. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. I had notes, all of them gone. <laughs> <laughs> look, you should see my face over here while I'm looking through my phone. All of them gone. But look, bro, I got you. Right. I'm pretty sure you know anything that you jot down will be. I'm on retort. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start off uh, at the beginning of the Raw show. Dolph Ziggler comes to the ring. He says since Styles got traded to SmackDown, and in return, Raw gets Ziggler and Bobby Roode. He challenges McIntyre to a title match at Extreme Rules. Do you think uh, too soon? Not, not, not that it's too soon. It's just the fact that. If you wanted to go back and look at the history of Drew McIntyre and I would say Bobby Roode and Andrade, Drew McIntyre took the took the title from Bobby Roode. He lost the title from his Andrade, and he um, returned back to the main roster with Ziggler. Perfect four way if you actually build your, your your talent that you have. I think uh, Bobby Roode has um, not been in wrestling because of COVID, and I think he's, he's Canadian, right? Yeah, traveling issues, yeah. so it's it's taking him a while to get back to the States. But you really could have made... I mean, when they had Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre together, and the split, they did the split on, on a, a throwaway episode of Raw, so, like, do you care? No. Is it going to be a decent match? Probably. Yeah. But Ziggler is... That's that's when you, you already know he's going he's going to lose. Yeah. When AJ Styles got the title, you knew that he was going to beat Ziggler. Yep. When Dean Ambrose got the title, you knew he was going to beat Ziggler. Yep. When Kofi Kingston got the title, you knew he was going to beat Ziggler. So do I think that this is even worth watching? No. No, uh, Ziggler's star power has definitely faded. I think uh, the highest point of his star power was in 2016 when him and The Miz put on the clinic for the Intercontinental Championship title. Uh, that added prestige to to the title as well as both The Miz and Ziggler. And once again, they had a start and stop. Uh, you mentioned, you know, when uh, uh, Drew McIntyre and, and Dolph Ziggler had their breakup and Drew McIntyre basically demolished Dolph Ziggler. And I think around this point, Dolph Ziggler was at the point of him talking about leaving the company. 
that didn't happen. He stuck around, but I, I just can't I, I can't invest in it the way that I want to, considering that Ziggler hasn't been an important role. And this where this where it, where it goes back to building hills, stopping 50-50 booking, and actually getting wins behind hills, so we can think that they're actually you know worthy of taking on the champion. Uh, next uh, we got Nia Jax. <coughs> She comes out of she comes out to the ring, the man in the chair, talks about how Charlotte wooed herself into another title match and how she was screwed over by the referee. Our truth, my brother, <laughs> interrupts Jax, claiming she's a ninja <laughs> and she may be the real Akira Tozawa until he really shows up behind Tom Phillips. Now there's two Tozawas, Our Truth says. The ninjas chase, chase off R-Truth and Jax tries to continue to attempt to hold Raw hostage until she gets justice. This brings out Charlotte. <coughs> they go back and forth about entitlement, which ends up in a fight. The refs come out to break it up and Charlotte's left arm is injured during the altercation. Uh, Nia Jax. Nia Jax. I'm not a ninja. <laughs> R-Truth, you a lie. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I mean, look, look, look. <sighs> who who started the whole breaking kayfabe promo? CM Punk, right? With the whole pipe bomb. Yes. And then it seemed like everybody is doing the same shtick. Like, you, I don't care about the backstage politics. I mean, if it's true or not, it's already been done before. I remember when CM Punk did it, and then AJ Lee did it, and mm -hmm. then everybody who wanted to wrestle uh, John Cena to get over, that was their whole shtick. Paige. Um, Paige did it. Yep. I mean, hell, Rock. Rock and John Cena did it. I mean... It, AJ Styles did it with uh, leading up to the Boneyard match yeah. with Undertaker. Uh, create, stop rehashing things that were genuine then. Because it doesn't feel as good as it did the first time it happened. I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't care about Nia Jax. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about Nia Jax. We both said it ourselves. I mean, it's not the fact that she is, you know, above the, or I say average size of a female wrestler. We want to see her improve in the ring. We want to see her get better, you know, at her craft instead of, hurting people every week. I hate seeing and worrying about whoever she's working with being injured because of her negligence and how she doesn't want to improve. That's almost funny that you say that. It's like, <clears throat> they actually almost ran off the gimmick that she injures people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought about it while you said it. Like, it just seemed like they, that's what they going on. This bitch going to fuck them up anyway. Let's run with it. Let's run with it. <laughs> And uh, we'll we'll speak more on Charlotte once when we get uh, once when we get to that match. Uh, the Street Profits are backstage with the Viking Raiders, hyping their upcoming match. Zelina Vega shows up at the end of the segment, and uh, that's going to lead on to more uh, Street Profits versus versus the Viking Raiders. Finally, for the Raw Tag Team Championship, Dawkins and Ivar start off stalemate until Roundhouse by Ivar. Eric tags in, knee strikes Dawkins into the corner. Eric dumps Ivar on Dawkins in the corner, only to get a two count. Eric Irish whips Dawkins into the corner. Dawkins reverses with a right hand to the jaw. Montez Ford gets a tag, flips into the ring, shows his agility, drop kicks Eric to the outside. Ford goes vertical to the outside, only to be caught 
by Eric and Powerbomb and the Dawkins, who attempts to make the save. Goddamn, that was a spot. That was the best spot of that whole match. Yes. I mean, excluding that cartwheel bullshit they were doing, um, that spot was crazy live. Yeah, and it went uh, it went right to commercial break. And that's, this is one thing that probably needs to change. I think it definitely needs to change about uh, title matches, especially on the show. Those matches should be commercial free. I see where you need commercial spots in the show, but <coughs> championship title match matches that matter to where you're trying to build some prestige, you can't you can't you can't have that match be anything if you're gonna give us three, four, five commercial breaks. Uh, back from commercial, Ivar control with Ford and uh, an armbar at the commercial. Ford escapes the corner of isolation, attacking Dawkins, who comes in with an attack on both the Viking Raiders. Prophets use the Viking experience against the Raiders for a near fall broken up by Ivar. Ford gets rocked by a right, and Ford is such a great seller. <laughs> he made that shit look believable. But it's courtesy of Eric. Ivar gets a tag. Flip back, elbow on the Ford. Cartwheel battle, like NKB4 Tony <coughs> just said, with Ford and Ivar ended with a Ford insecurity. This brings in Dawkins and Eric continuing this epic cartwheel battle. All are cartwheeling out by now. <laughs> Eric shows strength and power bombs both Dawkins and Ford. Ivar misses the splash from the top rope. Dawkins with the cash out on Ivar. Ford, uh, Ford tags in climbing to the top rope. Dawkins spears Eric, and this leads Ford to frog splash Ivar to get the win. Uh, at the end of it, both teams show respect for each other. The Raiders leave the ring, walking up the ramp, and the Prophets are attacked by Andrade and Angel Garza, setting up the next few for the Street Prophets with uh, Andrade and Angel Garza with Zelina Vega. Uh, the Viking Raiders run back down to the ring to make the save. Uh, what do you rate this match? Oh, this <clears throat> this some quarter this some quarter uh, some, some 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 eighty five that you got for fifty. I can dig it. Just a quarter. I I, I I really enjoyed the match. Um, finally, we got to see it. I can kind of say that all those little skits paid off. I wanted to see the match. I was intrigued to see the match. If you didn't watch NXT, and I guess, I mean, I understand what they're doing. Like, if you don't know these people, when you start off with a clean slate, when they bring people up from NXT... We already know about it. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the reception that all these characters you bring up from NXT gets such a loud, <clears throat> excuse me, response is because we've watched NXT. We know who this is. Like, the the person who doesn't know about, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say all. I would say probably about sixty to seventy. 65 to 70%, they already know that new character coming up. So Finn Balor got that reaction when he came up mm -hmm. from NXT to Raw is because we already know about him. So we already know what Street Profits and Viking Raiders can do. We didn't need all those kids. But if you were a person who don't know them from only the skits and getting Viking Raiders getting their name changed like four different times. <laughs> <laughs> which fucked which fuck their up whole their, wave. They oh fucked their goodness. whole wave up. Yeah. And um, them not knowing who, how to even name these motherfuckers. Like, how, how do you do that? How do you bring them up when you could, what was it? War, it started off with War Machine? The War Machine and ROH and on, on the indies and uh, they made it into the War Raiders on NXT. And when Vince got a hold of them on the main roster, it became the Viking experience, which everybody hated. And the next week, they were the Viking Raiders. 
Yeah. So come on. Uh, of course, Vince has to change it because it's not his creation. But in the long run, it fucked the Viking Raiders over. You know, for them getting over. You know, as a tag team. Um, I'll rate this a ice cold, but like platinum. Uh, <laughs> do I want a Bud Light Platinum? Probably not. But if it's there, I'll drink it. And I'm gonna get drunk. And that's because the Viking Raiders, the Viking Warriors, the Raider Raiders, or whoever you want to call them, I still call them War Raiders. This match should have took place in NXT. The Viking Raiders should have never just dropped the titles to, uh, you know, vacate the titles. They should have gave Street Profits the they match. Just do anyway. Yeah, they just do. It could have, it could have, it didn't even have to happen on a takeover. It could have happened on regular NXT programming, and we would have dug it. Uh, one thing NXT continues to give us is vignettes <coughs> profiling their superstars, in which the main roster never does. All they do is put the majority of people coming from NXT into the main roster uh, into the main roster where the fans have no clue who they are instead of you building them up week by week showing showing vignettes who who are these people that's that's what we want to figure out and then you will have a better product we didn't need them going through all of this decathlon bowling golf or any of that we know both of these talents or both of these tag teams can go it should have just been pure wrestling but what would the main roster be without Sports entertainment. So where do you go with the Viking Raiders? See, that that's a big question because I don't think as a face they can be any more than what they are. Now you've done the karaoke thing and all of that. So to me, they're no more than a comedy act. You remember the Highlanders back in the day? Right. They're no more than that. Mm -hmm. And we know that there's so much more. We know they're worth. So I see Viking Raiders. They may... Keep, keep up with this Viking Prophet thing, but I do think it will ultimately end up with Viking, Pro uh, Viking Raiders turning heel on the Street Prophets. Or I could be wrong. It could be the Street Prophets turning heel on the Viking Raiders. But who's to know? Andrade and Angel Garza is up next, uh, so that should be interesting. I hope they don't go through this whole spill. Uh, what you could do, I could do better again. It needs to be pure wrestling. Well, they, <clears throat> I don't know what you do with Viking Raiders. I'm confused because I don't know the other tag team on the division. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I didn't True. know they got those two tag teams. <clears throat> I think uh, you bring in um, for the Street Profits and AAS. <laughs> AAS. Um, I de definitely think this is how you bring Bianca Belair back up. Well, the reason why Bianca Belair is off television, from what I read in the news, is that they don't want her to be associated with all the comedy acts that the street uh, profits have. So that's the reason why she's been kept separate. But uh, I think in a few, we'll, we'll touch on Bianca Belair again once we get into the winner's edition. My thing is, but why, why we can't just grow and evolve the, the act? Well, you know what I'm saying? Why does it have to be separate? If you already brought attention to them being, you know, associated, why you don't have to disassociate them? If that's if that's the case, they should have never associated uh, from jump. From jump, they should have just left them alone and let Bianca Belair be her own entity. Uh, well, moving on, Seth Rollins is in the back telling his disciples 
that uh, he had a message for Rey Mysterio, and soon all will be revealed. I love me some Seth Rollins right now, can't lie. After commercial break, they recap the history of Mysterio and Rollins. Rollins says he didn't choose to be the Messiah, but has accepted his role while Mysterio has been defiant. He tells Ray whatever happens to him and Dominic is on him from here on out. He ends with saying legends never die, but can sure as, he uh, sure as hell outlive their welcome. Next, Charlotte's interviewed by Charlie Caruso as she ensures Caruso that everything, that everyone, and everyone that her arm is okay. She moves on to the trio of Zelina Vega and Andrade and Garza. Garza flirts with Charlie. Zelina says uh, they're all on the same page and they're going for those tag team straps, as we know. Okay, next is uh, Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Colin and Airbowl tie up. Charlotte gets Asuka into a headlock. Iris whipped and shoulder blocked by Charlotte. Charlotte takes over stomping Asuka in the corner. Asuka turns it around, focusing on an injured left arm. Charlotte tries to mount a comeback, and Asuka drops Charlotte to match uh, to the match shoulder first, so she's focusing a lot on that injured shoulder. Uh, Asuka attempts her, uh, attempts her, but strikes, but uh, attempts her butt strike. I'm sorry about that, and gets kicked and caught up in the ropes by Charlotte, who is heavily favoring her left arm. The fight goes on to the outside. Charlotte on the apron gets her arm pulled again by Asuka on the top rope. Asuka kicks Charlotte while still on the apron. Asuka misses, misses the drop kick on the outside and kicks Asuka in the head. She rolls her back into the ring for a two count. She slows down the match with a head scissor and Charlotte kips up for a moonsault but misses. Asuka tries to mount a comeback but gets caught in the backbreaker into, into the face, into a face kick getting planted into the middle turnbuckle. Uh, Charlotte controlling the match, returning from commercial once again, title match, shit ton of commercials. Oscar German suplexes Charlotte out of the corner and goes to a flurry of kicks on the Charlotte. Charlotte returns a favor with a big boot winning the exchange. Charlotte goes into the middle turn buckle shoulder first, missing Oscar. Oscar goes for the arm bar and is blocked, but Oscar switches arms, which I thought was a dope switch. Yeah. You know, Samoa Joe definitely pointed that out. Charlotte gets to the ropes and then clips the leg the left leg of Oscar. Kicks it again into an awful spear. I hate Charlotte's spear, by the way. It doesn't even look like it connects. At all. <laughs> but that gets a rope break by Asuka after the pin. Attempt figure four into a roll-up by Asuka. And a two-count back into the arm bar. Charlotte powers up and power bombs Asuka. But she is put into the Asuka lock. And Charlotte taps out. Oscar uh, retains her title with uh, Charlotte. Uh, this is the first win Asuka has got, mind you over Charlotte, but it was not without bullshit because they had to make it to where Charlotte was coming in with a bad wing. That shit is some bullshit. I agree. <clears throat> Halfway through the match, I knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think I was like talking or doing something while the match was going on, so I wasn't really focused on the whole complete match. <clears throat> but I knew halfway through that she was going to win. Just because when she came out with that tape on, I was like, oh, you know, and it's a raw, and, you know, I I, I kind of figured that she was going to retain, but, you know, who, who, you know, whatever. The power bomb out of the triangle, though, fire. That was fire. I, and I'll go a bit further. I noticed even when Nia Jackson and Charlotte had that exchange at the beginning of the show, that was going to factor into the match uh, against Asuka. Um, they showed Nia Jax watching the monitor during the match. Charlie interviews uh, Nia, and she asks, uh, does she feel responsible for Charlotte's loss? And Nia replies, 
It would be a real shame if someone kicks the queen while she's down. We know you, Naya, and we know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you rate this championship match right I mean, here? I mean, it was, it, was an, it was an A for some Reggie because I knew the outcome at the end of the day. <laughs> but you wait, look... It's some good Reggie though. Like it's some real good Reggie. We had some good Reggie. Uh, you know, we said eight for some good Reggie and you you probably only pay like ten dollars though. Nah, it's fit it's a fifteen sack for some good Reggie. Usually if they know it's some Reggie, they they look out for you and give you a little bit more because yeah, it's, it's you Reggie. Know, <laughs> but you only pay fifteen for it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's that old school Reggie. That's what you know. What I'm saying, look, this is this the this that free weed chicks get when they be fucking to weed, man. Uh, definitely quantity <laughs> over quality. This that shit. Uh, I guess I'll go the same route you go, but with my ice cold beverage that I'm not drinking right now. I'm gonna go with a case of Keystone Light. <laughs> Quantity over quality, like I said. Instead of you getting the average 24 bottle or canned suitcase that you get with Bud or whatever, they give you 30 keystones <laughs> in the case. The beer is horrible, yeah. but since you have a massive quantity, you're probably going to tap into it. He might as well just drink in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're yes. going to piss a lot. <laughs> Um, recap of events with Randy Orton comes up after commercial break. Then we lead to Edge in the ring, who has fire ass promos, and I would wish that the matches would live up to the promo. Not saying you're giving, that you're giving too much heat to that, bro. I'm not I'm giving too. That, I'm not giving too that, much heat that, to that, it. that. That second match was fire. The second. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, we of course we know who was in the match. It wasn't going to be the greatest match. Like, like. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan's match was better than that. Like, I don't care what no, I mean, it was what it was. Like, I, but it was still dope. Like, it's better than what I've been seeing. Like, it's better than a whole lot of programs. It's better than this Braun Strowman bullshit. It's better than all that. Like, here's my issue with it, and I love it. Yes, this is what you're gonna get is us disagreeing and arguing over certain issues. We don't have to like the same shit. But hey, this is what it is. My issue is WrestleMania 36, that goddamn three-hour last man standing match. It should have been, it definitely should have been shortened. And that's that's where people got mad about that match for being so long. Uh, <laughs> and then they tried to make up for it with this bullshit greatest match ever moniker, which we knew was never going to live up to it as long as you have Sean Higginbotham and Mark Calloway at WrestleMania 25 putting on the clinic. The match we said before, uh, it was a good-ass match, but not... Really, really good-ass match. But not the greatest match ever. Um, but uh, here we go. He explains that they're here again. He says that he saw the panic when he locked in the anti-venom at Backlash. He says beating Orton is what he expects, and he is disappointed he didn't see the low blow coming. He's even madder that he didn't do it first. He said the Edge reminded Orton of who he is, but Orton has woken up a part of him that has been asleep for years. He goes on how Christian has been his best friend since kids and had been and has been there every step of the way. 
He only has bought out perhaps the he's he's only bought out perhaps the rated R superstar. He says that the wrestler happy to be back is gone. He says that he'll he says that hell his year he'll tear jeez my damn notes. <laughs> he says that uh, he's gonna tear his life apart brick by brick, and he ends up with telling Orton to get some sleep while he can. So we see the rated R superstar. Is back. I don't know why they tried to go with this grit bullshit to begin with, because the rated R superstar is what made Edge. Personally, I knew Edge as a great wrestler. You know, with the with the um, you know, with the whole gimmick back then with Edge heads. I just couldn't really get into him until he turned into the rated R superstar because that brought out the character that I knew Edge had in him and it gave him my identity. You know, so I'm glad to see the rated R superstar back. I mean, I, that's that's all I wanted to see. Which, yeah. I mean, I, I fuck with the grit though. Like, I mean, I, I like the direction it was going. All of this got affected by COVID. We, I mean, we all know that. I mean, for sure, I, it might, it, but it might have added to it because <clears throat> they be running out of ideas quick. <laughs> they be like, well, well, all right, we already had them beat up Beth. <laughs> 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 oh, and the fans Some of the fans that can't differentiate Something scripted from real life They shitted on Orton so bad He is so wrong How could he do that to her? I mean, they just need to go back 10 years man. He was kicking he was kicking women And they won't, they won't bleeping it out And he RKO'd the fuck out of Stacey Keebler And that initial breakup Cause they was <laughs> They was item <laughs> You ain't my girl no more <laughs> Shit, I mean, could you imagine that? Uh, I can see that with my wife right now. Me and her getting into it like, you got anything else to say? I got three letters for you. (laughs) Baby, I love you. If you hear it. (laughs) I can. (laughs) That is a relationship. No text, no nothing. You know what happens, so there's no questions to be asked. So look, he gonna hit her. He hit her with the RKO. She had a skirt on there that he just left it there. The skirt was <laughs> flapping in the wind for the officials to come out. And, All right, bro. Like, y'all was supposed to be a couple or something. Right. <sighs> Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no more in my head. I'm a RK you to the floor. I did it, girl. <laughs> Randy Orton been being bitches for years. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, so <laughs> so moving on, we're gonna talk about this guy. Caruso is backstage with Orton, asking about critically injuring Orton. He's interrupted, asking, "What does a snake do when being threatened?" He claims he strikes when back into the corner, doing whatever he has to do to protect him and his family. He hopes that Edge and Christian makes a full recovery as long as they do it far away from him. Charlotte is shown backstage with Charlotte icing her shoulder. She's attacked by Nia Jax and her arm is shut in a container. And this writes Charlotte off. Uh, we say that she may not be back until War Rumble or quite some time. And I think it's good because we're all sick of Charlotte. And we know that Charlotte is there for Charlotte. And we know the officials only think of Charlotte as the only female that will benefit from their uh, from their roster. And that that's not right. I do hope that 
they take the opportunity to finally bring in Shayna Baszler, bring in Bianca Belair, and actually get the division built up to where there's plenty of competition when a Becky or Charlotte comes back. And these are made stars. You know, you build up everybody. Even Liv Morgan. You know, uh... I think it's time to take advantage of this while Charlotte is going. And I, in, my, in, in my opinion, it's beneficial for the female roster. What do you think? Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Charlotte's gone. Charlotte is gone. Get the fuck don't wake me up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and the church say. Amen. And the church say. Man. Now that collection played on the way around now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy as fuck. I don't, I'm so tired of the Charlotte everything. I'm glad. I mean, the division is stacked enough. I mean, you got you got Sasha and Bailey just percolating. Like, they doing long-term booking. And it's kind of working like... The, it took them a while to get here. It did. It took them a while to get here to where... They're actually continuing storylines, building up people. I mean, with everything going on now, I think you're just going to have mainly the people that are there. I don't think you're going to have too many with COVID-19. I don't think you're going to have too many Stone Colds popping up. You no, know, no. I don't think you're going to have too many Hulk Hogan's. I'm surprised Flair's there. Flair's there. Fuck it. But, and considering his... Uh his health, you know, and we know that he had bad health, you know, a couple of years back. Uh, I don't I think mean. his immune system is capable of coping with COVID. But uh, he said he gonna do what it do. Woo! <laughs> the ninjas are in the ring, and here comes our truth again, getting ready for the match. Uh, Akira Tazara versus our truth for the twenty four seven seven eleven. Snappy, uh, stop in. <laughs> Uh, Shell Station <laughs> Cruiserweight title <laughs> Bobby Lashley And Bobby Lashley comes to the ring Taking out all of the ninjas Leaving R-Truth in the ring With MVP and Bobby Lashley Lashley lays out Truth with a full Nelson And Tozawa Peeps back out And he goes and pins R-Truth Gaining the 24-7 title uh, I don't know what the white lady's name is Sarah, I think Uh <laughs> She's in front of the trainer's door trying to get an update on Charlotte getting interrupted by Natalia once again saying that she, all of the, that she's done for the women's division. She says she has an announcement to make and we'll just have to wait because she has a match with Liv Morgan next. Liv Morgan versus Natalia. Natalia is accompanied by the thought. <laughs> the thought. Lana. <laughs> they lock up and headlock by and they lock up. There's a headlock by Natalia, shoulder block by Natalia. Natty works Morgan in the corner. She drops Morgan on the outside of the ring. Uh, uh, it's a Harry Karana by Morgan. Morgan tries to get back in the ring, and she's distracted by the thought. Natalia takes out the leg and makes Morgan tap out to the sharpshooter. The thought connection celebrates after Morgan looks like she's crying like a baby in the ring. Oh, the thought connection. <laughs> What? No, 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 no. It's the Thought Foundation. The Thought Foundation. There you go. The best there is. <laughs> the best there was. The, the best thoughts. Never be. 
<laughs> oh, that shit work. That shit work, man. If this was 1998, boy, they, they was coming out with a thigh connection. Boy, I'm trying to tell you some real shit. Oh, my God. Uh, Vince would have been having them right there out there. <laughs> is this match even worth rating? Man, that's a pocket lit. That's a pocket lit weed. That's when you look. That's when you meet. Look, that's when you meet somebody, and they be like, "Shit, man, I ain't got nothing." Yeah. Man, I just need a blunt, bro. Let me hook me up with a blunt. He give you the blunt, and that's that little bit of shit that you put in your pocket because you ain't got no cellophane or nothing. You just hurt. No, nothing. And you be, oh shit, I'm washing my clothes. Look at that. I got some pocket weed. <laughs> that's that pocket weed. You don't know the excitement when you find. Pocket weed. Not, not after you done wash your clothes. <laughs> How, look, you're going to still. This shit got game. <laughs> you're still going to attempt to light it up. Oh, fuck it. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to attempt to rate it. This is a empty can of Strohs. <laughs> Why is that? I don't give a fuck about it. It's empty. <laughs> All we seen was Liv Morgan <laughs> crying once again. We don't know what her character is, and we see the Thought Foundation in full play. <laughs> okay, uh, next, Charlie Caruso stops the Big Show, who has made his triumphant return. I am so happy that the Big Show is back. Said no motherfucker ever. <laughs> and she asked him about fighting off the ninjas. Big Show plugs his show on Netflix, but he's not there for fun. He says he's disgusted about what happened to his friends last week leading up to, I guess, him confronting Orton. Ric Flair comes to the ring uh, to anoint Randy Orton as the greatest wrestler ever. He states that his daughter was injured for sure, and he assures that Nia Jax will have her day. She says, uh, he says the word arguable doesn't apply to Randy Orton. He says within 24 hours, hours, Orton punted Edge and Christian back into retirement. <laughs> this brings Orton out. Flair says he's been dying for this moment, saying he's the most vicious man in the WWE. He says the best. He says he's the best performer in the WWE. Orton says nostalgia can be confused with legacy. He says the fire has been reignited, bringing back the legend killer. He gets nothing but pleasure from being called a legend killer, and this brings out an angry Big Show, saying enough, saying that it's enough, and he won't let them bash Edge and Christian. He says Orton lacks discipline. He says Edge isn't done. He says this pissed off giant is going to break every bone in Orton's body. Orton says that uh, he won't hurt, he won't put a hand on Ric Flair. He compliments that the Big Show's legacy. And says he has alleged, uh, and says that he's a legend. He says it would be a shame that he will fall victim just like his friends. He tells Big Show after exiting the ring that he's focused on whatever and whatever happens to him is on him. And we know in the long run, Big Show's big hundred-pound head is going to get kickballed into the raw screen. We know it's coming and it's going to happen. And Big Show will return. Another six months later and some more bullshit. I'm going to try to tell you this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to play you the whole match. This is my fantasy booking for 420. <laughs> Big Show going to throw him. Mm-hmm. Big Show going to throw him. Mm-hmm. Big Show going to throw him. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton going to stomp on him. <laughs> Randy Orton going to stomp on him. Mm-hmm. Drop kick. Drop kick, drop kick. Big punch. Ric Flair. Low blow. <laughs> okay, yo. Kick to the head. 
<laughs> one, two, three. Randy Orton. And that's fantasy booking with folks on it. Tune in next week for the next episode of Fantasy Booking, by the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, women's tag team title match, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus the Iconics. Match starts off with Banks and Billy Kay. Bank is hit with a big boot by Kay. Royce is tagged in for the finish, but it's <laughs> pulled. Big, 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 the big boot. <laughs> the big boot. There's a lot of big boots on this Raw. Charlotte threw about seven of them. Big boot. The big boot. Royce is slammed into the announcing desk. Bailey is in control of Billy Kay. Royce knees Bailey on the ropes, turning it back over to Billy Kay. Returning from commercial break, Bailey attempts to fight back to no avail. Sasha also tries to help. Sasha gets in the tag and works on Peyton, Bank, uh, Peyton Royce. Banks gives three amigos almost to Royce, but Banks is knocked into Bailey that sends her off the apron. The boss taps out Peyton Royce with the bank statement. And Banks, after the match, uh, says that she can't help but feel jealous of Bailey because she's a world champion. She wants a title match challenging not Bailey, but Asuka to the Raw to the Raw Women's Championship at Extreme Rules. This brings Asuka back out. Asuka speaks her Japanese and then she tells Sasha in English she accepts. Bailey and Sasha then beat down Asuka and puts her into the bank statement, leaving her lane. Uh, we're gonna rate this match. I didn't want to see the Iconics pull the titles off of Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania 35, but that bullshit happened anyway. And I didn't want to see that shit happen tonight. What do you rate? I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it a whole 50 piece. I ain't even watch that match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with the NA, nigga. NA. I didn't even watch the shit. Well, uh, I seen the, I seen the, the, you know, the end of the. The end of the match, right? You know, saying beat down to Oscar, I thought that was cool. I thought it was a cool flip on uh, on the ongoing saga between Sasha and Bailey. So uh, basically, I kind of know where we're about to go. I think that just definitely sowing the seeds because can you see them taking the strap off Oscar and giving it to Sasha? So we have co-champions and both are world champions. See, but then you also have to factor in if that's going to happen, the winner-take-all thing that is going to be overdone. I don't think that that's needed. I think the SmackDown championship should be what they're fighting over. Uh, in oh, no, no, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't think you do that. I think um, you give it to, um, as far as the Raw Women's title, you definitely give that to Shayna Baszler. Yeah. You bring her up or you give it to Bianca Belair, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, or, I mean, or you can bring up Io Shirai. I think Io Shirai is done with the NXT. There's no more you need to do with Io Shirai. Io Shirai is perfect. Unless you give her a long yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, but I'm saying she's she's polished right at this point. You can bring Io Shirai up and definitely shake it up. Io Shirai versus Oscar, that's money. And I didn't mention at the beginning of the match, you could see the, a little bit of the dissension between Sasha and Bailey because oh, Bailey mean, basically pushed her. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh that's why I did watch. Yeah, this. Bailey pushed hold her. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, um, Sasha pretty much did all the work. She pretty yeah. much won yeah. the title. I mean. Retain the titles itself, so um, 
it was, it was pretty decent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I, I really didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a faux high. That's, no, you know what it is? What's that fake weed bullshit? Oh, that yeah. K through 12? Yeah, yeah. K2? K2. Alright. It's that CBD shit. That's what that was. It's that CBD shit. For sure. Uh, if we're going to go 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 with that, uh, I'm going to rate it a fresh ice cold O'Doul's. Why the fuck are you drinking non-alcoholic beer? You might as well drink ginger ale, motherfucker. O'Doul's. <laughs> I didn't care about this match too much neither. More invested in the long term. Yeah, I'm cool with like, I mean, so I mean, it is a it is a hit off the blunt. Like be like, oh shit. (laughs) 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 It's like, yo, shit, yo, you hit weed. Oh shit, I can't late to the damn blunt. Let me get that one, man. Shit, what you gonna do? You gonna throw that roach? Let me get the roach. Let me get the roach. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh... Okay, I found out her name. Uh, I guess it's Sarah Schreiber. Oh, okay. Okay, she interviews Lashley and MVP in the back. Lashley says he should be there standing as the WWE champion, but isn't because that clown R Truth. MVP is still I- <laughs> MVP is still eyeing Apollo Crews, saying that he's seen that little trick that Crews did defeating Shelton Benjamin last week, which Crews held on to the ropes after the roll up uh, to, to beat Shelton Benjamin. And he says, the VIP lounge, I can't wait. It's up next. Uh, Crybaby Morgan is in the back. Uh, Ruby Riot tries to talk to Liv Morgan, but she wants no part of it. So it looks like that maybe the Riot Squad will be a thing again because they don't know what the fuck to do with neither one of them. So why not put them back together? They can fight the uh, Thought Foundation. That's where we see this shit going. Riot Squad versus the Thought Foundation. (laughs) Has money written all over it. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alright, the VIP Lounge starts uh, MVP says the VIP Lounge Is the most exclusive club on the planet And Apollo Crews comes out uh, MVP says that it just feels right Having Apollo in the lounge He says he's gained a lot of respect for him But feels he needs someone to help him not make bad decisions uh, Apollo says that he got the US uh, He got the US title without MVP's help Cruz still says he answers to he he answers no. He still says his answer is no. MVP continues to try to recruit Cruz, asks if he's gonna interfere in this match tonight. Uh, MVP says it won't be a third time asking him to join. Whether he likes it or not, that title is coming to MVP's camp. Shelton Benjamin comes down for the match, and MVP then distracts Cruz for a snuff by Benjamin, sending him to the outside. Benjamin rams Cruz left shoulder first into the ring post. Uh, then the that starts a match. The title gets underway after the 30th fucking commercial. Uh, Benjamin works on the damaged shoulder of Cruz. Cruz drops kicks uh, Benjamin. Cruz attempts to stand in moonsault, but it's turned into an armbar, which was a nice spot by Shelton Benjamin. Cruz kicks out of the pin, clotheslines Benjamin, sending him outside the ring. Benjamin misses Cruz, banging his head on the ring post. Cruz and Benjamin uh, back in the ring, kicks Benjamin in the back of the head, setting up the powerbomb for the pin. MVP attempts to raise a hand of Cruz, but Cruz rejects him again. This brings out Lashley to attack Cruz, leaving him on a ramp uh, in a heap of uh, just nothing uh, after the full Nelson. Uh, what are your uh, thoughts about this match, and what do you rate it? I mean, it's cool to see my niggas getting some shine. <laughs> I mean, I like to see that. For sure. But this is... Uh, Lashley's title to get it looks like it'd be stupid not to give Lashley the title 
they have to give them something after they drop the ball. If you if your main if your goal is to get Apollo over, he's young, he got time, you know what I'm saying? Like at least let them battle for it, but if if he's not getting at least a, a run with the United States title to build up a, another eventual push for the world title, you wasted my time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if, like he needs to be getting to a, a ride to Brock Lesnar and the world title. That's that has to be his eventual goal. And if that's not happening, then what have we been doing with this whole Lana shit? Now we got this MVP shit. Yep. The whole him, Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre tag team shit. Yeah. The whole I'm coming in with the headband looking ass nigga shit. <laughs> like, Sweat my eyebrows uh, off. Yeah. You better. I gotta get the bitches painted on shit. <laughs> <laughs> if it, if it's not if it's if it's just him putting over Apollo Cruz, then I don't want. Really, uh, the match match was cool. I mean, Shelton's dope. Like I like to, I like to see Shelton link up with them. Yeah. That, I mean, I them as tag team champions would be dope. Like, give these niggas dominant runs. Like, I want to see a whole different guard than what we got going on. And where the fuck is Ricochet and Cedric Alexander? These motherfucking little flippy ass niggas. <laughs> Main event, I suppose. I don't, I don't watch that shit. You know, uh, I guess they went away with Paul Heyman. Who's the nose? My opinion. Uh, so no flippy niggas. My opinion on on the whole ordeal. Maybe I got a little twist on it. So we seen that Apollo Cruz did, you know, kind of break the rules last week, uh, defeating Shelton Benjamin with, with the roll up, uh, grabbing the rope. Yeah. Do we still do we see that leading up to him ultimately joining MVP? I mean that's that's the question as well. All right, well then, so all our stables are going to be heels. I don't know what's going on, but it looks like they're showing some remnants of him turning heel. Uh, we seen this before. Like, I think that was talking him turning heel with Chad Gable. Yeah, with, with Chad Gable. Oh, SmackDown. So we know that that the the it, it looked like it looks like it's still there, but they don't want to pull the trigger on it. I don't know. I don't know. I rate this match an ice cold bottle of Zima. Zima light? Because I don't fucking know what it tastes like because I never took one because the drink looks feminine. Not being, <laughs> not, not bashing, but I just, I, I don't fucking know about Zima. Like I don't know about Apollo uh, Cruz and where he goes. Feminine? <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I'll definitely give it a. It's, it's, I ain't even rate that bitch, but I'll give it a. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's half a blunt of some fire. Of <laughs> <laughs> some fire, though. Like, it's just half a blunt. Like, you gotta go, you gotta go back to work, nigga. You don't break. You can't hit that whole motherfucker. You like, you're going in, the motherfuckers going. Fire your ass, but oh, Ray Sean looks kind of crazy. No. Where that dumbass question comes? <laughs> I remember back when I used to smoke mines, used to be bloodshot fucking red coming in. You have one dumbass come in there and ask you, "Are you high?" Yeah, you just look at that motherfucker <laughs> and walk the fuck off. Unless it's somebody that is uh <laughs> controlling <laughs> controlling your schedule, then you gotta. Uh, 
be PC a little bit. I don't know, but where we used to work at, I think everybody used to be fucked up. So that didn't, <laughs> that wasn't a problem. If you wasn't fucked up, it was a problem. Right. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, Ray Mysterio is asked by Dominic, uh, uh, is he sure backstage? Ray and Dominic come to the ring. Straight talk, son. He expresses how scared he was that he couldn't get in touch with his son last week. He says he didn't expect Dominic to get out of the three-person situation. He says that he's proud of him, but he's angry as well. He accepts the injury from Rollins, and though Dominic is bigger than him, he's still his father. Uh, Mysterio says he's got this one, and he wants to do it by himself. Dominic takes the mic and says he's not going anywhere, and he wants a fight. This is what family looks like, he says. Rollins comes out at the top of the stage. He asks, does he come down and slaughter Ray Mysterio, or... Does he make Mysterio watch him slaughter his own son? He then says they are both in the same place. They're there at the same time. And two eyes are better than one. Rollins slowly walks down the ramp, followed by Murphy and Theory. They are attacked from behind by Carrillo and uh, Alistair Black. Dominic takes off on Murphy. Carrillo takes out the disciples on the outside. Ray Mysterio 619's Rollins on the outside. And they all finally get their hands on Rollins. And uh, they want to return the favor to injure one of his eyes on the steps. The disciples save Rollins uh, and attempt to re-injure the eye of Mysterio and then tries to take out Dominic's eye. Carrillo and Aleister Black come with the save with Rollins and, disciple, and the disciples retreat, uh, retreating, ending the show. This, to me, my friends, is the best part about WWE, in my opinion, uh, uh, in regards to Raw. I love the long-term booking story that has happened with them, and this, to me, is the number one feud on Raw. I hate it because Drew McIntyre is pretty much put on the show and he's the Raw uh, World Heavyweight Champion. But this to me is very exciting. I'm enjoying everything that's happening. Your thoughts? I mean, the whole segment was pretty dope. Um, it's kind of looking like they're showing seeds of uh, Dominic might be trying to join with Seth or Seth already got a hold of him. Um, it'll either be that or Carrillo might join hmm. That's a nice spin. Career. That's, that's definitely a nice spin on it. Uh, I, uh, I myself think that it would be right for Dominic to definitely continue to uh, be teased as the guy to go to the Messiah and the disciple, uh, disciples. And that's, that's, that's going to make Dominic a lot better in the long run. And it'll also move on the story with Mysterio trying to save Dominic uh, from Seth Rollins and the Disciples. Um, <clears throat> so that closes that show. Uh, we're going to dab into SmackDown, which was, it seemed like a fume for The Undertaker. So on to this SmackDown. Because around here, Hayes, Hops, and Turnbuckles, best, best program of the week. Usually, it's NXT. It might be up for debate. But we start with Mondays, go to Thursdays, and we ended off with NXT on Hayes, Hops, and Turnbuckles. SmackDown is on Friday, by the way. Yup. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's, let's go back to Friday and... The funeral, it seemed like, for the Undertaker. Uh, yeah. they, they tried to make <laughs> they had a they had a they had a, they had a repass. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, 
The Undertaker's retired, as we know, and it kind of pissed me off that everybody uh, pretty much spoiled it on social media before I even got to watch The Last Ride. And like, I didn't watch it until last night because I was so pissed because I found out without watching the show itself. Like, God, can you please wait? Can you at least give a, give a minute so everybody can see it? Um, well, I guess we'll start, you know, by them giving their tributes. This eats up a whole lot of the show. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, from Ric Flair to Kane to Bret Hart, Batista, and all of them uh, giving their tributes to the Undertaker and, and how how much they've meant, uh, how much he's meant to them. But uh, King Corbin is not giving a shit about any of it, okay? Because he's in the ring and he talks down on Undertaker, <laughs> calling him an old bag of bones. He calls him an ass kisser and says Taker is a founding member of the Kiss My Ass Club. He claims he's been stealing money from the company for the last 20 years. Says he's held stars down like him. Oh, look. I look in the corner. It's face mask. They finally <laughs> implemented face masks for the fans. Uh, still ain't got no chairs, but we're giving you face masks now. Uh, <laughs> Corbin's final thought, Taker sucks. This brings out Jeff Hardy attacking Corbin, which Corbin retreated up the ramp. Uh, Jeff Hardy speaks to Sarah Schreiber. As she challenges, as he challenges Corbin to a match, saying that he got his diploma from Dead Man University, which is facts because Undertaker whipped Jeff Hardy's ass <laughs> in that latter match. I mean, he dang near killed that little boy back then, you know. But you know, at the end of it, Taker showed his respect, you know, to Jeff Hardy for withstanding that mutilation. You know, uh, I don't, I think that took years off of Jeff's life too from that, from that ass whipping from that latter match. Yeah. A long time ago. That's when that's when Taker was talking about that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> I'm gonna bust you up. <laughs> and I'm gonna shut you up. <laughs> shut up and fight. Uh, that's, that's when he was called. What Jim Ross used to call him, Red Booger. Old Booger Red. Old Red Booger. <laughs> All right, uh, Sasha and Bailey are ringside for commentary. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Versus Nicole Cross versus Dana Brooke and Lacey, Lacey Evans in a fatal four way to find out who's the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bailey at Extreme Rules. Of course, Alexa and this Nicole. This match was tied. <laughs> I'm gonna remember before he even started. This match was tied. I can't do nothing with it. Alexa and Nicole team up against the rest of the opponents, but soon that alliance breaks down with Cross rolling up Bliss for a two count. Cross says she loves Bliss, but it's, but it's all about the strap. They lock up with some chain wrestling, Bliss with a pin attempt. Lacey pulls Bliss outside the ring during an Irish rip and runs her into the guardrail, leaving Cross in the ring with Evans, with Evans and Brooke. Cross jumps on Evans' back. Brooke saves Evans and splashes Cross for the pin. Evans pulls off Brooks, and this starts some tension. However, they still team up. Evans then clotheslines Brooks and double Bronco busts Bliss and Cross in the corner. Evans pins Bliss, and Brooke breaks it up. Their alliance breaks down, and it's a sloppy, sloppy flurry of punches thrown by Evans. They wanted to believe in this woman so bad, but her ring work says otherwise. Brooke returns offense, and... Uh, with a backflip elbow and then a terrible senton off the top rope. It just looks like she just fell. Just, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to flip frontwards and I'm going to land on you. A pin and a breakup by Cross. Brooke slams Cross and then Bliss, Bliss takes out Brooke. Twisted Bliss on Brooke puts her knees, uh, puts her knees up. C 
Cross drop kicks Brooks out of the ring, leaving Evans in the ring with Bliss and Cross. Evans sweeps Bliss. Cross misses Evans in the corner and sweeps Cross and follows it up with an elbow. Brooks cartwheels herself into a woman's right, but Cross rolls up Evans for the pin. Nicole Cross is now the number one contender. Man, I think uh, Lacey Evans is uh, trying to become like the white Nia Jax. <laughs> Cause I'm American, <laughs> and I was a Marine, and my daughter is my daughter, my fuck that bullshit, and I'm American. Oh my god, give a damn about that bullshit. Um, she's horrible in the ring. I don't, I don't like that finisher. Stupid. I don't, like, anybody throwing a right hand? I, I mean, unless you were the Big Show. It makes sense. Like, Greg Khali could have did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, people who have massive hands, it makes it believable. But you just, you know, a Marine, you can't you can't come up with no better finisher than that. Like, they running with it. Dana Brooke, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that she, I mean, she's came a long way, but, like, horrible. Um, Nicole Cross... Man, I remember her and Oscar. Oh my god! What was it like? Last man, last woman standing. That is my number two favorite women's match of all time. Is Nikki Cross versus Oscar? Last woman standing match. NXT. It, yes, go back and watch it if you haven't. Yeah, that, that, it's a classic. Like I mean, they go at it, and I mean that's when Nikki Cross was a killer. You know, seeing mashing on them, but now she's. She's been humanized. She's got that Vince, you know what I'm saying? She got that Vince treatment. Man, you know, when you get that Vince treatment, get that Bruce Pritchett. <laughs> you even got Pritchett. Yeah, you even got Pritchett. <laughs> Once you get Bruce Pritchett, it's, it's, it's down a slippery slope to, uh, I mean, I don't know what saved her. I, I, I mean, maybe uh, Alexa Bliss, really, her and Nikki Cross are cool or something, but I, I don't know how she avoided the, the uh, NXT call up of Doom because majority of the time like you coming up from NXT you, you got a lackluster career on the uh, uh, main event scene unless you're 6'5 and 250 pounds blonde pretty much so um, yeah she's the only one that survived uh, the call up because the only other person uh, that still exists within the Sanity faction is uh, Dane. What's his, what's his first? Killian Dane. Killian Dane. And he's back in NXT being enhancement talent. But as you can see, uh, uh, the rest of them are gone. I mean, Finn Balor's back in NXT. <laughs> that just tells you. <laughs> it didn't work out on the main <laughs> roster. Not their fault. But we see what happens. As soon as you get Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchett. Pritchett. That's, that's what happens, yo. Your, your career is doomed to fail. Like, look at Ricochet. Look, it's Ricochet. He was a fucking star in NXT. Please, Adam Cole. Just go to AEW. Just go to AEW. Don't don't let them tarnish you, dog. Don't do it. Go to your career. Your 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 um contract is coming up. I mean, I ain't never telling no man how to live, but I just think if you want a better career than being 
Roman Reigns return squash match. <laughs> but, <laughs> and like that's what will happen to him. Roman Reigns is gonna come back. Fuck COVID. I got the shield. Turn her. Turn her. He come out there and do that little twelve Superman punches, four spins, and Adam Cole lost all momentum he had ever had. You know, he got to go to New Japan. And, <laughs> or you, or you go from being the longest reigning NXT champion to twenty four seven running champion. after <laughs> the twenty four seven three hundred sixty five one hundred and one Dalmatians. You don't do no, ain't no punches thrown. You just getting rolled up. That's all that's happened. Like, has this actually been a match for the title? I think it was that battle royal. Oh, but Riddick, hey, Riddick Moss versus Ricochet. Okay, that was actual match. Yeah, but we seen Ricochet got buried there yeah. as well. Uh, what do you rate the Fatal Four Way? Um, just that we. <laughs> <laughs> just that we that you left it that you had at your grandma's house, right? <laughs> And it was like you ain't had no motherfucking bloods. You had to roll like the piece out of like notebook paper. Oh man! And then she came in the room all fast, like and we just had to stash that shit. This that grandma stash weed. <laughs> man, um, I guess I'm gonna rate this one. We're gonna go with a hot bottle of Mickey's. God damn. <laughs> Oh, cause I didn't drink that I've got on Mickey's before. Man, that's horrible. You're only forced to drink it because you might be thirsty, and that's the only thing that's around that's available. Yeah. You you drunk it to swallow a pill of some sort. I can't get my blood pressure. <laughs> oh, it's back up. <laughs> Oh, let me take this blood pressure pill real quick. We own one today, people. We are on one today. All right, moving on. New Day and the Lucha House Party team up against The Miz, Morrison, with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, what's coming up next? Uh, there's more tri tributes from Triple H, you know, regarding The Undertaker. And we'll kick off the eight-man tag. Uh, match starts off with Big E being attacked behind by the Miz. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before you start that, Big E rolling down the ramp. <laughs> 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 that man a fool. Get that man a belt right now. Get that man a belt. So much personality between <laughs> Big E, Kofi, and Get Xavier Woods. Get that man the belt. I don't care about none of them niggas. Shit. Big E the belt. That's who I want to have. Xavier belt. Woods is a sleeper. I ain't talking about Xavier Woods right now. I'm talking about Big E. We seen what fool. Big E tried to do at first and was getting squashed by Rusev when yeah. he went on his first run. Will he pull the trigger since Big E's been in New Day? I don't Nigga, think so. I think so. Mm. I definitely think so. I don't think so. Well, but. It takes the right people. about about it. The, thing, the difference between Cesaro. Getting all that love from everybody. Mm -hmm. Not getting that push. Cesaro can't get on that mic and do what Big E can do. Big E does have mic skills, but he had mic skills back then. Yeah, but he was just, I mean, come on now, it's WWE. And they only letting about four niggas in at a time. <laughs> four and a half, 
Four and a half niggas in it at a time. So, so Apollo Crews, your, your time might be yeah, up. Yeah, that's coming to a halt here soon. He said, shit. He said, I got to, well, we got to run with the Black Lives Matter. Oh, shit. Here it is. We got to run with it. All right. Uh, <laughs> once again, match starts off with Biggie being attacked behind from behind by the Miz. That's quickly turned. Biggie delivered a splash to the Miz on the apron. Oh, which was so dope. Right. I, that had to suck. That had to suck. I mean, I felt you. You felt you heard that thud as Biggie dropped his three hundred pound body on Miz chest first. I mean, that spot is always vicious every time he does it, but it just seemed like he, like, him and Miz had a conversation backstage or something. Then you said, I hope you ain't eat. I hope you ain't eat nothing, because all that's coming out. (laughs) Go on here and tag out. Go on here and tag uh, one of them other motherfuckers and go on. Big E tags in Lince Dorado and gets launched by Big E onto the Miz. Only gets a two count. Miz gets away and tags in Cesaro. Uh, Dorado uses his quickness to avoid Cesaro. Metalik is tagged in and lands a splash from the shoulders of Dorado for a two count. That was pretty dope. Uh, Cesaro works Metalik into their corner and Nakamura gets a tag. He's counted in the corner into a face buster by Metalik and this opens up a tag to Kofi. He attempts a trouble in paradise but Nakamura avoids it and strolls back on into the corner tagging in Morrison. Morrison gets in a few shots but is drop kicked by Kofi. Kofi tags. Uh, Kofi tries to attack Morrison in the corner, but is kicked out of the ring and ran into the plexiglass uh, by Shinsuke Nakamura. Cesaro is tagged in and tags Nakamura uh, with the quick tags. European uppercut to Kofi into a corner and then a back kick by Nakamura. That was a great spot, in my opinion, as well. Ending and he and Cesaro taunting their opponents. Miz and Morrison double teaming Kofi coming back from commercial. They sneak Lucha House Party in the corner. Miz with a front face lock on Kofi, and that's turned into a tornado DDT onto the Miz. <clears throat> Kofi looks for the tag, but no one is available. Biggie is baseball slid by Nakamura on the outside. And Nakamura goes for the Kinshasa, but is double stomped by Kofi. This gets a tag from Metal League doing his luchadoring. <laughs> <laughs> He takes out his. He takes he out. Luching. <laughs> he luching. Luching. <laughs> he takes out Cesaro and then sunset sunset bombs Morrison. Moonsault by Metalik. Then a shooting star pressed by Dorado with a pin broken up by Cesaro. New Day fights Cesaro and Nakamura on the outside, going up the ramp, leaving the house party with Miz and Morrison in the ring. Metalik sneak tags Dorado. Dorado is up for another shooting star press, but changes directions and here Karana's Morrison off the apron. Then Metalik kicks the Miz in the head and climbs to the top rope, walks the ropes to a flying elbow, and pins Miz for the win. Uh, dope. I dope agree. Match. I agree. She's probably the match of the night. Um, I don't know. I hope they do so with Lucha House Party. The talent is there. Yeah, like, I mean... They're doing moves and their little tag team scheme is if they can plan it out right. There's your there's your uh, WWE version of Pentagon and uh, Phoenix. Ray Phoenix, Phoenix. yeah, that's that's it right there. Where's Kalisto? I have no clue. I I know he lives in the states, but I don't know. Maybe traveling issues or what have you. I know he had. Uh, Signed a new contract, so we know he's still in the company. We don't think that he was one of those that got let go when they were, uh, you know, restructuring, you know, the roster and employees, you know, WWE. 
What's your what's your rating for this match? Bro, that's um that's that we that's that weed you smoke with your balls after work, bro. Like, <laughs> it's like the first time you smoke some weed with your balls after work. <laughs> But, oh shit! Oh, you get hot too. Oh, I like this job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I, uh, I guess I, I'll rate it. Um, I'm gonna rate it a smearing off ice. <laughs> because them shits are delicious. I've had several in my life. I don't drink them as much anymore because. My wife and them drink them a lot, and I don't want to be my wife and them. But when ain't nobody looking, I think I'm gonna grab one. Oh, you need to drink a smear up by some bathroom. <laughs> What's your flavor, dog? You know you got a flavor. I like the regular one. I like the original <laughs> smear. Quick with it. He was quick with it. Uh, it's, it's already it's already a soft drink to begin with, right. but right. flavor it makes it even softer. I ain't gonna hate on it, man. It's been all drink some free shit. <laughs> I mean, uh yeah. You see the talent with the Lucha, the Lucha House Party, and look how look how they look between Miz and Morrison. They showed that they belong, and yeah. they're definitely getting a push, which was the uh, the lost uh, the lost sons, the lost boys. Yeah, the, yeah, lost lost. Get the fuck out of here, and you ain't gonna be found either, motherfucker. Because y'all done talked about the wrong shit at the wrong time. Preferably Jackson and Riker. Yeah, it's sad that uh, the other two dudes got uh, fucked. Yeah, they you know got shit canned. I don't know if they're being repackaged or what, but Jackson Riker, yeah. Uh, should probably keep your mouth shut when you're getting the push. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, if I was uh, the other two, we would probably be up there. We'd probably be showing up to your house and, you know, we have I don't to... know none of them. What was, what was the other two the dudes' names? I don't know. Brian even... Cutler, and... I think. Insert white basic name. <laughs> uh, the dude that used to be Buddy Murphy's tag team partner. Uh, Candace Owens. I don't know. Can- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that nigga is. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Corbin accepts Hardy's challenge from uh from earlier. And Brown Strowman is headed to the ring. A train Strowman. <laughs> A stroganoff. <laughs> Here I come, steam ahead. Full steam ahead. A train. A train. Uh, he takes us down memory lane where he first met Bray Wyatt. Says he never felt the fear. Uh, never, never. He says he felt the fear Wyatt possesses. He witnessed Bray befriending a water moccasin in a swamp. He got bit by the snake and Bray just laughed. Braun said Wyatt was the devil himself. He was so intrigued that he started doing the devil's work. And he says he was trying to lock that side of him away and he can't go on living like this. He says they should return to the swamp for a match saying that saying that will be the place of Bray's destruction. He ends with let's go home. Wyatt laugh comes over to PA and Braun joins in laughing along with him. Say what you want to say about Braun. He may not be the ideal champion uh, and we know he was a replacement for Roman Reigns and we know there's not a lot of opponents to really go up against Braun Strowman to make him believable like that. And just from the way that he was booked, you know, with all these uh, things that went on in this match, it's, oh, 
big table match or huge chair match or guitar match or there's always had to been some sort of prop used. I like it. I like it because not only did Braun remember his promo, I think his promo came off great. And it extends the whole Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman feud in which I would think in my mind they would have an opponent or something ready by SummerSlam after this feud is over. But since they don't have anything and they lack the ability to create, I do like the fact that they're actually stretching this out. Uh, some people don't agree with the Bray Wyatt Swamp version. Oh, excuse me, Bray Wyatt coming back out, but I'm enjoying everything. And rumor has it that I think maybe Eric Rowan may be called back for this feud, you know, going into Extreme Rules. What are your thoughts? Uh, I fucks with it. I fucks with an old school uh, Bray Wyatt. I like how they're not doing any of the, you know, fun, fun house shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. I mean, I, I feel like we're going to the fiend. I mean, that makes the most sense. Yep. What would be dope is if they skip another month in between. Like, then we get to the fiend. Or you can pull this for do you two add, months. Do you add another variation? I don't think that we need to see Bray do the muscle man dance. I love the muscle man dance. Fuck what you talking about. I mean, I love it too, but I, I don't want to see that should, he, That should have been a gimmick too, man. The muscle man fucking, uh... Yeah. Make, that make Foley had new yeah, love. Yeah, like, yeah. there you go. Like, I fucks with it. You know what I'm saying? Every bit of it, I mean, gives them to their own niche of uh, storytelling. It's kind of like almost like a Kane and Undertaker. Yep. Like, for sure. Know, like your new version of that shit. Um, I'm, I'm fucking with it. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, ain't no match. I ain't rating it, but. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I fucks with it. He fucks with it. All right, end of the show, Jeff Hardy versus King Corbin. Corbin with a clothesline on Hardy. Cor- at the fume. At, at the Taker fume. At the Undertaker fume. Corbin controls begin another match with all his power. Uh, he pretty much beats Hardy up all through the whole match. Corbin chokes Hardy on the ropes. The fight goes on the outside with Hardy fleeing Corbin into the announcing booth. Hardy takes over uh, back in the ring. Missed the whisper in the wind. In the wind. And uh, Corbin runs Hardy into the ring post, sending him back outside the ring. Corbin then mocks the Undertaker. The match continues from commercial, and this now looks like goddamn fucking lumberjack match because all the superstars came out uh, from the beginning of the show surrounding the ring. Corbin continues to work on Hardy while mocking his superstars ringside. Hardy tries to rally again, but continues to get beat down by Corbin. Corbin takes Hardy on the outside and tries rubbing his face paint off onto the plexiglass. This match is a lot of Corbin. And Hardy hits Corbin with a jawbreaker twice. He mounts a bit of offense, but is flattened with a deep six, which is a move that I still enjoy by Baron Corbin. Uh, it comes out to be a two count. Hardy escapes to the outside and dodges Corbin to the steps. Hardy, uh, Hardy, <laughs> Hardy, Swanton bombs Corbin for the win, but is attacked by Corbin right after that. Biggie comes in and hits Corbin with the big ending. Kofi got thrown the fuck back out before then. They asked Braun Strowman to come to the ring. Uh, Strowman, A-Train, Power Slam Strowman. I mean, uh, Power Slam Strowman. A-Train, Power Slam uh, Corbin. Uh, Matt Riddle is invited in, uh, and he hits Corbin with a floating a floating bro, and they all celebrate with Jeff Hardy saluting Undertaker by taking a knee. And that ends uh, the SmackDown show. 
Now we go to what? Well, I'm gonna tell you what I rate this. Oh, you gonna rate the show? No, I'm gonna rate this match. I'll fuck that show. Oh, okay, um, okay. Forgot about rating the match, but go ahead. This was some questionable weed that you find. <laughs> Like, you don't even know what the fuck this is, but you, it's in a bag, so you're just like, man, shit. <laughs> Am I gonna smoke this? You might sell it. You might say fuck it and sell it, but that's what that was. <clears throat> what you rate? I rated a fuzzy navel bottles and James wine cooler. <laughs> Uh, I know what it was for. I knew that Jeff Hardy was going to win this match because The Undertaker is retired. He didn't die. But we knew that Hardy was going to win this match. Uh, yeah, Fussy Naval. Once again, it's one of those drinks that uh, nobody's around and it's cold. <laughs> and my wife has purchased it and I've ran out of Corona Light. I'll go ahead and snatch one up. We snatched that week. We snatched that fuzzy navel, baby. Hey. Hey, hey. baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> what you drinking about my shit? You ain't gonna drink it. <laughs> hey, baby. Let me get this. Let me get some of that fuzzy navel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, fuck that shit. I mean, it was a typical Baron Corbin match. Like, basic same offense. He yeah. works better when he can antagonize the crowd. Like, you know, I, I, I think Baron Corbin will probably be more entertaining live. Just yeah. so he can talk shit to you, you know what I'm saying? Um, For sure. I mean, typical shit. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, send the, it was to send the crowd home happy without a crowd match. Live, yeah, that, that's what that was. Live, uh, and uh, but, but before we move on, I forgot about it, but yeah, I will get my thoughts on Undertaker. I say I've been following this guy since he was mean Mark Callis in WCW when Paulie Dangerously, who is now Paul Heyman, uh, was his manager. And I seen the potential then. This is a big guy, but he can move. And oh, me, Mark, <laughs> and, and and from there, him going to WWF at the time, and I knew it was mean Mark, but. I was even a little bit frightened by what he turned into. I mean, his his it was just something different from the norm, and to see him and evolve and his ring his move set get better and him to reinvent himself into you know so many different forms to stay relevant, man, like that is definitely uh, I think he that is the best creation of Vince McMahon of the WWE. I, I always say Kurt Angle is my favorite wrestler, but Undertaker is up there. I mean, I enjoy the Undertaker and all that he's given. Uh, yeah, salute. Salute, man. You deserve it, man. Your body's been banged up. Now it's time to chill out. Man, my dad was an Undertaker fan, so I was an Undertaker fan. For sure. And, like, I, I lost my mind when he won the title from not Hogan, but Sid. We finally, to me, finally got the title run. Oh, like 13, for sure. Yeah, Mania 13. And, and he's always been my favorite wrestler. It's, it's a sad day that he, he, he's um, done. I mean, hopefully he get a nice send-off match. But if he don't, it is what it is. 
And to me, that nice send-off match, and he said it in his documentary himself, that was the perfect way to ride out the Boneyard match with Mr. Phenomenal AJ Styles, who was definitely the right opponent who could, you know, who who could be safe with Taker and give and, and, and bring out that match that was was that was supposed to be. Even though it didn't take place at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, what they did in this cinematic Boneyard match, that was the best part about WrestleMania 36 to me. And that right there should be the end of it. So that was a good and a bad thing. Because I don't think we would have got too many more of these stupid ass cinematic matches if that wouldn't have went well. Yeah. It was a good it was a great match, but man, now we gotta see motherfucking like and they and you know they're not gonna you know they're gonna keep going with it, even when things get to where we can have crowds and stadiums full of people and yeah, as soon as that gets back to, to some sort of normalcy, even if everybody in there with mask on, it is what it is. <clears throat> Yeah, um, they're gonna go back to that doing that film shit and you know multiple angles and cut and reshoot. Which I don't know how I feel about. It. Like I just like we we didn't we didn't expose the third wall. Yep. And now we're going even further. Now we're really showing you that this is just all fake. Yeah, I, you know, like certain things, like the Undertaker shit. That's cool. Bray Wyatt shit. That's cool. Yep. We didn't need to see Velveteen Dream versus Adam yeah. Cole in that backlot match. Yeah, that, I didn't really care for that. And that—that's how that—that that goes to show what happens when you go to the well too many times. You know, that should have been unique and special in itself. The Boneyard match. Uh, I do understand that they got a. They gotta deal with they gotta deal with because they're not getting those reactions. They're not, yeah. You know, what I'm saying they, they gotta try to do something different. But you gotta pick and choose instead of just throwing it out there. That's true. Like everybody doesn't deserve a cinematic treatment. Like everybody doesn't deserve uh, hell in a cell. Yeah. You know, or any cut any, out, cut out, cut out the uh, gimmick pay per views. <laughs> yeah. Any of these other only games. only gimmick pay per views you really need is Survivor Series. Royal Rumble, you know, I mean, WrestleMania, the, the the big four, uh, and then give me a King of the Ring. Yep. You know, uh, and there you go. That's about it. Like everything else can have a, a a whole a whole lineage like it had back in the day. Like, I mean, or if you do do Extreme Rules, like I can see even Extreme Rules. But you don't have anything else. You know what I'm saying? So when you do have that pay-per-view, mm -hmm. when you do have a Hell in a Cell, when you do have da 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 it, it means something. Now it doesn't mean anything. So just because it's this time of the month, we got to fight in a, in a hardcore match. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, yeah. The feud doesn't even get that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I know we often talk about the Money in the Bank ladder match, you know, and what, what's what's different about it, they added the women's Money in the Bank, which now, you know, first I thought that the Money in the Bank should be brought back to WrestleMania, in my opinion, because that's what always started off WrestleMania for a few manias. I think going back to, uh, what's what, the 24? Right. Or was it 23 when they first kicked it off? Oh, shit. 
Well, no, I no. The first Money in the Bank was at twenty one, but it, it it became to uh, be the beginning match of each show, and I thought that that was so cool, and that really set the the they set the the, the feeling of the whole mania. Yeah, set the tone. Yeah, how, how that shit move. Yeah, um, I think it was they skipped a year because I think one year they had um, William Regal versus Fit Finley starting starting off mania. That was Fit Finley versus uh, JBL. JBL, one of them motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, it is, it is what it is, you know. But yeah, I, I do think uh, cinematic matches and all of that should, should cease and only come out when it permits itself. For sure. So we're gonna jump into this NXT thing. Yeah. Gold brain. Uh, the show starts off with Damian Priest getting laid out by Cameron Grimes. Grimes comes into the ring and claims Priest is a no-show. He says that he slashed his own tires and faked the injury. Yo, hold up before you <laughs> yo, tell me you don't love Cameron Grimes right now. Yo. I like Cameron yeah, Grimes. Like at first I was like, what they doing with him? But now like homeboys getting it. You know, that whole, that whole country where that motherfucking talk. Yeah, that shit is funny as fuck. I don't think it'll get over in Vince's eyes, but it's oh, working no. with Triple H. I mean, you gotta you gotta accept it for what it is and yeah. how, how long you got it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, he said he slashed his own tires and faked the injury. Says he <laughs> he wrestled Finn Balor with a broken jaw. <laughs> that brings out Priest. Grimes attacks Priest uh, before the bell. Ref finally rings the bell after checking on Priest. Uh, Damian Priest strikes Grimes. Grimes continues to target the ribs. It's back and forth from here on out. Priest choke slams Grimes and he rolls out to the uh, rolls out the ring to get away. Grimes runs Priest into the apron. Priest attempts to raise his edge, but can't do it uh, due to the ribs. Grimes hits his uh, hits the caveman on him on the outside, but of course you can't get pinned out there. So then Priest gets back into the ring where he meets another caveman by uh, by Cameron Grimes for the pin. So what do you rate this uh, quickie but goodie? Alright, so what I don't understand is how is that Cameron Grimes finisher, but Kofi Kingston's basic move. I don't like that. That's a good point. If it, that should not be shown on main roster if that's a finisher. Yeah, in I mean, NXT. I mean, I, th- I thought it when I first seen Kofi do it, I thought it could have been a finisher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, it's better than the um, Trouble in Paradise. Yeah. Like, Trouble in Paradise could lead up to that. Like, that is dope as fuck. Unless it was that motherfucker that he did to Miz. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is. <laughs> Kofi done hit some dope ones like yeah. the one he hit on uh, Daniel Bryan yeah. to get the title. Oh my God, crazy! But um, I like it. I like it. Uh, what are we doing? We turning Damian Priest to face? Yeah, I believe he he was uh, after he went against who was it? Finn Balor at uh at in your house. Uh, he pretty much deemed himself as a face. How how were you? After the interview, you, you know, live forever. That whole spill. Okay. I don't really know how he became a face, but that's what he is. Uh, I mean, I, I like Cameron Grimes. I like um, Punishment Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, they're both dope. I, I like to see where this continues to go. I, it's definitely going to be a dope match. But I think you, uh, what do you do? To me, you definitely have... Uh, him win, Martinez. Yeah, definitely have him win. Yeah, uh, he, 
but get Cameron Grimes has a good showing and mm-hmm. you know goes back and forth and really you know gets to show what he can do. But you definitely push him over, so both of them look good and potential title contention, whatever, whatever level they can go. Do you see Cameron Grimes as a world champion? I mean, at, in, in NXT, I definitely see him as North American contention. But do you see him? Not within the next few years. I don't know where he takes this character or will he reinvent it, uh, reinvent it. But uh, I may. I think that you know, with work, he could be within the talk of the title picture. Like I love his work. The boy can go for him to be so, and he's young. So yeah. definitely, thirty uh, old Cameron Grimes will be better than how was he? 25, 24 yeah, years old. Something like that. He's real. There's no rush. It look baby. Yeah, there there's definitely no rush. Damian Priest, on the other hand, I think that he may have been a bit lost in the fold because you have all of these kind of creepy characters coming in, and then you have Karrion Cross, who's really stole a bunch of that thunder from these other characters portrayed on there. Uh, this might have been events in Bruce move because we see how sports entertainment has kind of moved on to NXT. Vince might have taken a liking to the look of uh, Damian Priest, and there might be some good work, uh, might be some major work uh, going on ahead with Damian Priest. We don't know. I always refer to Damian Priest as Baron Corbin done right. Wow. <laughs> I mean, a guy can move. Um, it seems like NXT then turned into uh, um, the brood. And the, and the Hardy Boys of the '90s, like it seems like and this is Ministry NXT. Like everybody's weird, mm-hmm. everybody's spooky. You know, I, how is Dexter Loomis a face? Like I don't, I'm confused. I don't know. I what is Carrie Cross? Like what the fuck? We don't know. You know, they, we know he's spooky. Oh, Damian Priest, Punishment Martinez, face ass nigga. He, I don't know what he is either. Like, he said he a face, but he was just beating the hell out of people with pipes and shit. Like, I said, how all of a sudden you, you, you a face guy? Uh, okay. A roster full of tweeners. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did we rate that one? I mean, oh shit. For, sure, for how short it was, it was it was a it was a gram it was a gram of fire it was mm-hmm. a gram of fire you know what I'm saying for how short it was I like what it's building up to but okay it was, it was just too short to really get into it I mean I wanted more that's why I rate this one a pony size Miller Lite <laughs> why pony size Miller Lite because you know that that little Punk ass little pony size bottle middle light, and you'll probably drink a whole six pack to equal to a twenty four ounce can. Very short. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. Uh, okay, well next, uh, Rhea Ripley is asked about EO, but is interrupted by Robert Stone saying that she gets a golden ticket to join the brand. He's punched in the stomach and then put into the trash. Aaliyah asks, "Why does she do it?" and then proceeds to slap the shit out of Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley says she just earned her ass a golden ticket to the ring. I love, I'm liking Aaliyah. I'm liking Robert Stone. I would like to see Robert Stone wrestle because I know he can. Mm-hmm. But 
if this child transitions to him being uh, a stable of females, that'd be dope. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here comes Timothy Thomas Tony Thatcher with another promo. Once again, with this the Thatcher Thatch can style. It feels good. Come yeah, on, this is your anniversary face there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next is Santos Escobar versus Jake Atlas. Escobar works Atlas into the corner. Atlas fights out. Atlas with a crossbody for a two count. At- Atlas comes, uh, Atlas with some grounded offense trying to avenge Drake Maverick. We see that he's still concerned about little buddy Drake. Atlas uh, comes with chops on Escobar into the corner. Uh, it's a Hurricane Ron on Escobar. Then Mendoza finally distracts Atlas and he's kicked off the apron into the plexiglass. Escobar takes over punching Atlas in the corner and then grounds him with a headlock. Atlas uh, Atlas finally gets a rope break. Escobar hits Atlas with a back elbow for a two count. Escobar applies the abdominal, uh, the beautiful abdominal stretch to Atlas. They get back to their feet. Atlas uh, comes with a few body shots to Escobar, and Atlas finds his second win. Standing moonsault on uh, Escobar for a two count. Atlas lays out Mendoza and Wild on the outside with another moonsault, which was pretty dope. Springboard, he springboard misses into a front face DDT. Uh, Atlas is caught by Escobar going to the top. This sets up the Phantom Driver for the win, and I don't get why the crowd, I don't know if they were muted, but they were pretty quiet for this show. Uh, it was a quick match. Uh, it's a good showing for Santos Escobar and, and his clique. Uh, what are you rated? Uh, kind of where, where are we going? Do they have a name for his click? We still don't know. Okay. Um, I like the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of right now should kind of push. Um, and Raul Mendoza, I think you should push them to, and let's get the tag team popping. You know what I'm saying? We can do this at the same time. Right. So we can get this faction going up. I don't know what they're going to go with as a name, but I think it should be a faction that moves. Like, this can be the next Undisputed Era. I mean, I'm highly doubtful, but it could be. You know what I'm saying? So. You really need to push it as such. Um, I like Santos um, kind of over Drake Maverick being an untitled contender. I get the whole push, but, you know, it's over with. You wait just a minute. I'll cry <laughs> in a bloody minute. I love WWE. <laughs> I love WWE. Yeah, um, fuck that motherfucker. God, that's harsh. That's how it be. You already know what time it is. It is a unfiltered, unsanctioned. This is Hayes. Hops. And the turnbuckle. See what we did there? I said Hayes. <laughs> but anyways, we got uh, another therapy stre- uh, session with Roderick Strong. Roddy says he thought that he could handle the trunk, but he couldn't. He says today he can conquer his, uh, <laughs> he says he can conquer his fear of the trunk. And then he looks, he finally realizes the therapist is none other then quarantine Kyle O'Reilly. Roddy conquers the trunk and Cole says he'll conquer Loomis in a match later. Next up, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Bivens is with Enda Schur and says he's pissed about Lorcan and Birch attacking them. 
uh, attacking the big two, and they say something in their language that I don't know. A lot of uh, pre-job. Why can we can we not bring a guy in from Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, Middle East, you know, all those countries over there? Why can we not bring them in and not be so stereotypical? Mm-hmm. Why does it all we 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 can't we can't get a cultural thing other than the terrorist looking motherfucker? Like, why do we always have to have it to be that? That's just bullshit. I agree. Like, have there been any Arab speaking? wrestler that has not came in stereotypically. I think the only one that has been that way but is not on television is Mustafa Ali. Right. I don't know why they don't want to get behind Mustafa Ali. Excellent. Excellent performer. Excellent. But we haven't seen him in a ring since, what did he say, February? Or it might have been earlier than that, but that's the only one I know of of Arabic descent that actually came in that doesn't really use, uh, doesn't really have those stereotypes about him. You know, like he, you know, when you go on social media, he might, you know, express, you know, his Muslim belief and what have you on there, but he doesn't bring that to television. He just wants to be a star. He wants to have his own identity. So I mean, I don't know why we can't get more of that, like. I mean, I, I get it. Good way to get your foot in, but I don't like it. It's the same shtick as AOP. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Well, next, we got uh, <laughs> Team Munchkin. Casey Catanzaro with Caden Carter. Where that, who got that little girl in that ring? Who that little girl? Casey. Casey. And we realize how little these little girls were. When when Raquel Gonzalez came down with Dakota Kai for the match, uh, it's a stare off. Oh, excuse me, and a stare down with Gonzalez and uh, <laughs> a stare down. <laughs> uh, Carter uh, and Carter with Gonzalez taking down Carter. Carter chops and kicks Gonzalez, but Gonzalez won't let go. She finally does, and Canizaro blind tagged in. She chop blocks Gonzalez. An awful copy of the move from the private party. I don't know what that move is called, but Casey Canizaro and Caden uh, Carter should never do that shit nah, again. it was very ugly. Yeah, I mean, it was very robotic. Yeah. 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 Don't do that again unless you know that it's perfect. Uh, it sets up a drop toe hole on Gonzalez into the middle rope. Canizaro slingshots uh, to the outside, dropping Gonzalez again on the middle rope. Carter tries to roll up Gonzalez, but is overpowered. Kai is tagged in. Canizaro, Thez presses Kai, but the tide is quickly turned over by Kai. Gonzalez is back in and power slams Canizaro after a kick to the head. Kai is back in and tries to hold off Canizaro, but she gets the tag to Carter. Carter comes in exploding on Kai. Wheelbarrow roll up and a kick on Kai by Carter, which was a pretty dope spot. It gets a two count. Carter kicks Kai like she does, one-handed powerbomb on Canizaro by Gonzalez, setting up a submission by Kai to get the win. Uh, I rate this uh, a blunt <laughs> with your favorite cousin. 
But it's some bullshit and he didn't gassed you up. But it's your favorite cousin, you ain't seen him in a while, so you cool with it. Uh, I rate it as I say back in the day when, you know, we didn't have funds and we still would go broke, but you scramble enough enough change to get <laughs> a old English. <laughs> old English. And since you didn't put in enough money on it, you only get a half a cup. Old English. That's what this is, referring to Team Munchkin. Uh, I like uh, I like Dakota Kai. I like everything she does. Oh, yeah. Dope. If I'm torn between Candice LeRae or Dakota Kai being the next women's champion. I don't even really want Io Shirai to lose the belt. Right. But then what you do with Rhea Ripley. Well, I think Rhea is still... I think she still needs time to get her build back up because she... She, to me, fizzled. She should have never lost that NXT title at WrestleMania 36. And that's what really dropped her, you know, in her star power. Like, I got behind Ripley, uh, you know, when her push was uh, leading into Survivor Series and her beating Shayna Baszler. But Charlotte should have never beat Rhea Ripley for that title. It definitely damaged her, you know, where she lies in the title picture. I think it was kind of the only way they could have really went with that. I disagree. Just because Shayna, I mean, just because Rhea, no, just because Shayna beat everybody. True. In the women's division. And Rhea beat the woman who beat everybody in the division. Now you got Io, who is the woman who beat, who ended Charlotte's reign. Now you have two, like a two-headed pecking order. You know what I'm saying? You're either going after Rhea to see if you're dominating the division that's because Rhea is one of the, you know, youngest rising stars in NXT. Or you have you going after the title after Io, who is still kind of unproven, you know what I'm saying? Still building her legacy in NXT. We might know who she is, but she's still proving her worth in NXT. True. But I think... I just don't think Charlotte should have had anything to do with the NXT period. We know it I mean, was, if you're not going to just... If, if she was going to stay on the brand completely, like she's NXT, like she's doing what Finn Balor's doing, yeah, I would, I'm, I was down for it. But just mm-hmm. be, Oh, my God. Just because you can really lose, you can lose but not lose in NXT. Uh, I, I still don't like it. For the fact that... Charlotte was in a position to start building new talent coming up to the main roster. They felt that she needed to still be in the title picture. Uh, I think it was selfish for Charlotte not to want to be eliminated uh, by Shayna Baszler, and Charlotte won the Royal Rumble because of it. And it's definitely reason being that Charlotte is taking a break because it was too much Charlotte. I think she tarnished the NXT brand by just beating up practically everybody she could get her hands on. Now we're in the rebuilding stages of the women's title picture on NXT and I'm glad that you know Charlotte is definitely taking a break and nowhere near the NXT title. Too I mean sure. that's I mean, a difference of opinions but you know it, you know uh I wrote my notes <laughs> backwards in the one part but I guess I'll move that before the fatal four way because I think it definitely deserves that that part of the show um 
Where are we at? Okay, we're at Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Strong is pushed out to the ring by Bobby Fish. Strong wants no parts of Loomis. Strong is finally pumped, and Strong tells Fish again he's not ready. Loomis just stands there as Strong tries to psych himself up to have a match. Loomis follows Roddy outside of the ring. Roddy runs into the plexiglass, uh, scared of Loomis, and then takes off to the back. Loomis wins by countout. Fish wants Strong to come back, but Loomis somehow slithers over to Fish and locks in his submission on Fish. Fish runs like hell out of there as well. Not quite a match. Uh, don't think this needs any rating, considering that they didn't lock horns. What do you say? Um, kind of a waste of time. It's not really even a rating of a match. It's more of just a segment. I call this. I don't even call this a match. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do anything, but it sets up story, which I'm cool with. I mean, it's still long term booking. It's it's good. It's good to have them doing shit as far as the Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. You know, Fish, you know, um, Strong doing doing things without having titles. So much of the past two years mm-hmm. has been Undisputed Era either having one of the three major titles on that show. Right. Excluding the Cruiserweight. In which, I'm, I mean, I guess I know I've, I've been guessing from a, a long time now. I think everybody's been guessing or predicting that Strong and Stone, uh, Strong and Cole are going to eventually implode. I mean, they've been teasing it yeah. for a while, you know what I'm saying? So, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be good, some good wrestling, but uh, I like it. It could go, and you say Strong and Cole. I say O'Reilly and Strong. I mean, O'Reilly and Cole, considering they had a pretty big blood feud in Ring of Honor, and we know how both, how well both of those are in the ring. I think Strong should definitely continue to be within that faction, considering that Strong, I don't think, had an identity before Undisputed Era. He was always good in the ring, but Mike's skills and whatever he brought to the table as his character... That came secondhand to what his ring skills was. We know in WWE you need both, uh, you know, charisma as well as you know talent in the ring. Um, next, uh, Robert Stone requests a rematch against Rhea Ripley. Robert Stone and Aaliyah. It's going to be Robert Stone and Aaliyah versus Rhea Ripley, according to Regal. So you're going to get your wish to see what Robert Stone can do in the ring, but I think it'd be more of a comedy. If anything, you know, considering that he's going in there against Rhea Ripley and Aaliyah. But if Ripley loses, she'll have to join the Robert Stone brand. And Rhea Ripley says she accepts. Oh, uh, this sets up, you know, also something we got to look forward to next week. I guess it's the start of the Great American Bash. So it's a multi week thing? Uh, I guess it's going to be two weeks like Fighter Fish. And, you know, we all know counter program. I think it's very. Petty on WWE. Just do your own fucking thing and quit paying attention to what AEW is doing, and I think y'all will come out better. Yeah, I mean, this shit spells Vince McMahon all the way through. Yeah. We haven't seen fucking Great American Bash in years, even though we've demanded it in the summer. But now, all of a sudden, since Fighter Fest is happening, oh, we need we need to make Great American Bash. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like it. 
Uh, but next week, put it on. <sighs> Such good shit. Next week, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim uh, for the number one contender spot. Uh, Dexter Lumis versus uh, Roderick, Roderick Strong in a strap match also next week. Uh, and also... Uh, it was me, Austin. It was me the whole time. <laughs> okay, this is where I'll backtrack. Uh, because I found my notes and I was too I was too lazy enough to fucking move them. Alright, uh the notes have been found and we're here to uh talk about Bronson Reed versus Karrion Cross. Okay, uh I still can't get enough of that Karrion Cross entrance. It is fire. Yeah. And it's one of the few entrances, if not possibly the only entrance that the song ends. I think that's so unique when it comes to his entrance. Uh, Bronson Reed starts off. He forearms the fuck out of Cross. Reed takes Cross off his feet with a double arm chop. Cross hits Reed in the throat as he runs into the corner. Cross gives Reed the boot. And then his own forearm dropping Reed. Cross with an exploder suplex on Reed. Reed gets into the corner. Uh, Cross runs full speed into a massive forearm. Uh, and then it ends the gear to Cross. Uh, German release suplex by Reed on Cross, but Cross no sells it. I mean, he's being a badass right now. And now it's a back and forth punch battle between the two. Uh, it's two splashes in the corner from Bronson Reed on the Cross, but no sell. And then a Northern Light suplex on Reed by Cross, and then he rolls over into a massive clothesline. Cross then hits him with the Doomsday Saito, followed by the Cross Jacket for the win. And that's uh, two grams. It's fine. Um, I, I like I like Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed looked a little bit better than I thought he was going to get to look. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully they do something with Bronson Reed. Bron- you can make Bronson Reed into a star. Carrion Car- Cross is a star. Scarlet, that whole that whole combination works. I fucks with. Uh, I'll rate that. I think that'll get an ice cold Corona light. Corona light. I mean, it's, a, it's very little bit of time, but I like how it really didn't make Bronson Reed look bad. Bronson Reed showed that he can go with Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross sold a little bit of his actions. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, all in all, I can't say anything bad about it. You yeah. know, I think Bronson Reed will definitely be able to improve. Karrion Cross, I do still think it's too soon for him to be mentioned in the title picture. We'll see where it goes on from there. Yeah, I first with Okay, and we will we come to the to the final match: Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor versus Keith Limitless Lee. I said at first, not only not even going to try to keep up with the match, and I'll highlight certain no. spots, but this. Whew, this match was this match was everything that I thought it was gonna be. Uh, it starts off with Gar- Gargano exiting the ring. Lee and Balor they lock up. Balor tries to crossbody but is caught by Lee. Gargano tries to take Lee down but to no avail. Lee flings Gargano and takes both Balor takes down both Balor and Gargano. Lee Grizzlies uh, Gargano. Balor applies the sleeper on Lee. Lee flings Balor again. 
Gargano reapplies the sleeper and gets flung. I like that little spot spot where one got flung off and then yeah. one put it. But it also still brought down Keith Lee to a knee. Lee still breaks the grip. Balor uh, comes with running forearm on Lee. Lee catches both Balor and Gargano and tosses both of these little motherfuckers over his head. Yeah. Brute just strength. Scrumph. Scrumph. Okay. Gargano tries to shoot for the leg. <laughs> Yo, Ken Brock killed himself. He's <laughs> <laughs> going definitely out of the way, but yeah. yeah Extreme Rules 2012 was on, and John Cena and Brock Lesnar is in, and Brock was about to do the same shit at WrestleMania, how he damn near tried to kill himself. But back to the show. <laughs> back to this uh, dope-ass triple threat. Uh... Uh, where where was see you took <laughs> you took me out. all right Gargano tries to shoot for the leg as Balor uh, tries to apply the sleeper he flings them off again uh, sling blade on the outside onto Lee by Balor followed by a rolling senton from Gargano and they both send Lee into the steps Balor and Gargano fight it out running chops on Gargano into the corner then Gargano slingshot spears Balor for a two count. Balor right hands Gargano, sending him to the outside, and then launches himself onto Lee on the other side. Final cut on Gargano by Balor for a two count. The sling blade on Gargano, prepping for the drop kick into the corner, but Keith Lee comes out of nowhere, appearing like the fucking Incredible Hulk. I love that spot. <laughs> and they use it dope every yes. time. They use it so dope every time. Always. They all battle it out in the corner as Lee wipes out everyone, hitting them, with, hitting them both with a crossbody. Lee attacks from corner to corner. Balor takes Lee's legs out uh, for a standing coup de gras. Gargano hits Balor with a DDT, and it's a tope on Lee by Gargano. Balor attempts the 1916 on the outside to Gargano when Lee comes in and pounces them both, which is also a great spot yeah. for Keith Lee. Uh, Balor hits the double foot stomp on Lee. Gargano super kicks Balor and Lee. Balor woo drop kicks Gargano into Lee, causing Lee to fall on top of Gargano. Lee Bronco bombs Gargano into Balor. Big bang catastrophe on Gargano. And it's a coup de gras on Gargano. Lee, though, moving out of the way. So Lee will be able to hit Finn Balor with a big bang catastrophe. For him coming out, still North American champion and the number one contender. For Adam Cole, winner takes all. Uh, I rate that shit five grams of some fire. Um, I would rate it more, but the the commercial breaks, <sighs> yes, kill it. Yes. And I mean, I just think you could have done a little bit more. But it, five grams of some fire. Um. I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with Cole and um, Keith Lee for the night unification, but winner take all title match. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Karrion Cross breaks it up, and then we lead it to an eventual triple threat. I think he comes in during that title match and screws them over. They're going to sow the seeds next week. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. Uh, eventually carrying cross <sighs> I think carrying cross is taking that title from Cole and then you eventually build up Keith Lee versus carrying cross for the for the world for the world title I'm not sure but um 
Right. What do you do with Gargano? I think Gargano still plays, you know, I guess he's still on the outline, outside looking in. I don't think he should be out of the title picture. I do think him saying that him and his wife, Candice LeRae, will be the first husband and wife couple to hold both championships. I don't know how he gets there, but he should definitely not be, you know, put on the back end. I do think he still needs to be around somewhere in that. And I guess that'll be shown I, uh, after we get through this Karrion Cross, uh, Keith Lee, Adam Cole thing. So you think that Candice LeRae takes the title from Io Shirai? Once again, I don't know if now is the time. I mean, period. That's the person who takes the title off. Um, well, yeah. It makes perfect sense for Candice LeRae to take the title off of Io Shirai. Well, I want Io to still have some sort of a nice But I'm not saying that you yeah. eventually, you know, have them feud immediately. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes perfect sense for Io Shirai to lose the title to Candice LeRae. Yeah. I mean, Io Shirai turned heel on Candice LeRae. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely will all sense. come full circle. Yeah. I, hey. Yeah. No lies detected. That's facts, bro. Facts. So that that makes perfect sense. So you get that. Um, I'm guessing a, a multi-man match for the North American Championship. I don't think somebody has two titles. It can happen, but I just don't think it will happen. Yeah, why should it happen? I don't understand why. Like, we had the winner-take-all bullshit with... Uh, but if it does happen. Yeah. Who, who, who walks out? I think we had this uh, this discussion last episode about uh, Finn Balor being the one, but ultimately, you know, I went with Keith Lee. And well, no, I'm talking about as currently constructed. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Oh. Like I know we had a debate about who oh, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who, who should go. I get you, you know, I get and you. I, I wanted Keith Lee to get some shine, a shine, considering that Keith Lee has been on fire since uh, his show in X Survivor Series. Oh yeah. Everybody's showing, even Vince is showing that that he's behind Keith Lee. So I think, in my own mind, not that it's going to happen, I think Keith Lee should be the one to take everything. Is it going to happen? Probably not. I do think. Dude, I definitely want that to happen. I, I do too. I, I definitely want to see it. But so how does I it like, happen? I don't want it to happen that way. I want. I want Karrion Cross to eliminate Adam Cole because however they have it constructed, they might even beat down Karrion Cross before the match. But see, I, here's the thing. I don't want Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole, period, because we know it's going to be a squash. And Adam Cole has been good, and I don't think he deserves that after his 300 and eighty yeah. plus, you know, ten with the title, like that, that, that shouldn't happen that way. I he think, can lose to me, like I don't, I don't really get the squash. I think main title, main uh, title to now. If you're an old main heavyweight championship title champion, and you're on your last road, like John Cena was taking those losses by everybody, but mm-hmm. just to get squashed at the height of your career, at the height of your prime. Like, there's really nothing Adam Cole doing that that doesn't knock it out the park, except that Velveteen match. And then, I mean, that whole program was kind of sloppy. All right, so here's my opinion. 
Keith Lee goes over Adam Cole. Adam Cole gets that lengthy match that he deserves without being squashed and can lose the title that way. Mm-hmm. So then that brings in Karrion Cross for him to have his show with Keith Lee, which nobody will look like they're getting squashed. And that's to, you know, save Adam Cole to it. Because I, I, I do feel like Adam Cole still deserves The man has been great. The man beat Daniel Bryan. He beat who else? He beat, he beat all these people. So it seems like that they're invested in him. So him just to get squashed by somebody that's only been there for what? A month or two? I can't get behind it. Yeah, I mean, to me, he should have went. I was thinking that that program was going to be carrying Cross and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. That's what we were building to. Yeah. I mean, we can still be building to it on the world title. We can. But... It would have been great to have it. I just, I don't like the squash. I, I mean, he's dope doing that. I mean, he's still having good matches, but just taking a little offense, that ain't going to hurt your character. He's still dope. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it doesn't mean like you're going to be booked that way when you get up to the main roster. I mean, look at Aleister Black. Perfect gimmick, perfect intro, perfect all of that. He's a fucking third wheel of some... Uh, of of a Rey Mysterio Dominic view like you, <laughs> like Umberto Carrillo has more to do with the feud than Alistair Black does like, you're, God. you're not even a, God. you're not even the third wheel you're the fourth wheel yeah uh, and what he spent how many months trapped in the closet <laughs> fight me somebody pick a fight me shut your motherfucking tattooed ass up motherfucking knock on the door Oh, motherfucking Rob Zombie looking ass nigga. And once again, if you had nothing for Alistair Black, just like if you had nothing for Rick and Shay, if you had nothing for Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, whoever else they came up, uh, they called up to the main roster that they didn't do anything with, they should have still remained on the gold brand. But that uh, end of episode. Three? Oh, before you do that, what did you give your roach clip? Oh, roach cl- roach clip of the week was uh, Lucha House Party. <laughs> Lucha House Party and our truth <laughs> telling telling Night Jax <laughs> was you was you Akira Tozawa. <laughs> Look, man, I'm, my my uh my uh, ice cold Corona light of the week. <laughs> It came the day, the birth of the Thought Foundation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lana Natalia, the Thought Foundation. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's man, that is so perfect. I can't. That that that's my uh, Corona light of the week. But yes, this is once again Hayes hops and turnbuckles. Fuck you, bitch, I think I was just